Tommaso Conkainen published his critical analysis of the paleography of the manuscript in 1981, in which he divided the writing between the three name scribes of the book, um, Robertus Mechili, Solomo Droma, and Magnus Odiganon. Apart from later additional hands, which are listed in the catalogue, Okunkainen only noted one exception to this three-scribe rule, occurring at folio um, 146 recto, column B, lines 19 to 34, for a short stint of Ech uh, Okunkainen described the manuscript as follows, and I quote, the handwriting throughout displays a variety of styles, ranging from formal exhibitions to quite uncalligraphic specimens but the whole manuscript is nevertheless the work of the three above-mentioned scribes. Two of them, Robert, Robert, Robert McShivy and Solovo Drama, are particularly difficult to distinguish in parts of their formal styles, where they show only barely discernible differences. But in their freer styles, the general impression of either hand is sufficient to identify it. These sentences, combined with my own examination of the manuscript, have helped me to reveal a far more complicated paleography than Ohonghainen's clear-cut scribal attributions would indicate. The idea of individual scribes displaying a variety of stars is intriguing and invites further questioning. Ohonghainen did not expand on this other than to state that some stars were formal and others freer. Furthermore, although he quoted a couple of examples of these formal and free styles, he did not locate these important distinctions on his table in which he lay out the distributions of the three hands. Ohonkainen relied heavily on the analysis of the execution of a limited pool of letter forms to make his scribal distinctions. His principal tool for determining stinks of Makshidi and Odroma was the construction of the letters A, D, G, and majuscule R in monogram. Determining um, O. Manus Odeginan's um, distinguishing two forms of, he, he achieved this by distinguishing two forms of open A and an unusual abbreviation for the syllable RA. Wow. The formation of individual letters is clearly important. However, it becomes problematic if only a few letters are used for such comparison. It becomes even more problematic if the appearance of a few foibles within stints becomes sole criteria for determining a hand. These methods not only provide a very limited paleographical discussion, but also fail to recognize opportunities for scribal collaboration and the potential for house styles of writing shared by few or more scribes. Paleographers use a range of criteria when examining script, and I would argue that using a fuller range of these methods provides a more holistic approach in determining hands and really getting under the skin of a manuscript. For example, features like the aspect or the overall appearance of the script, the ductus, so what we can tell about the speed and the direction of writing, are really important and they give us other clues about a scribe's approach to his work. Other important criteria include the angle at which a pen was held for writing, the weight of the writing, so the ratio of the width of the pen stroke in relation to its height, abbreviations, punctuation, and other particularly, particularly distinctive features in the writing. I will be using the above criteria in this examination where time and space permits. I'm going to proceed by analysing each of the established hands in turn, and we'll start with those script specimens attrib attributed to Solovo drama. 
these speci specimens are the least problematic of O'Conhanan's attributions. Solovo Jorma wrote his name three times in the manuscript. These inscriptions are found at the ends of sections of text in his hand on 154 recto, 180 recto, and 267 recto. All three inscriptions are incorporated within the main bodies of writing on these pages and were clearly written um, at the time of writing in the same hand. So if we turn to the first slide. Here is one such inscription written at the end of a poem on 154 recto. Though the writing looks as though it was added as an afterthought, note the lines differenti differentiating it from the drawing below. The ink, appearance and letter forms and ductus of the writing is the same as the text above, and there is no reason to doubt that this was written by the same scribe. A close study of these inscriptions and the other writing attributed to Solovo Drama reveals in the main paleographical consist consistency. The script has a heavy and angular appearance, but is tidily written. In keeping with many other specimens in Balamote, the top stroke of the letter A extends past the right-hand vertical stroke, creating a spiky top. And if you see the circles in red, there's examples of these in, there, in, in those. Um, this also occurs on the, in the letter Q as well, although here the effect is less extreme, and again, these are in red. <coughs> The use of an open curved a of an open a curved on the left hand side is not uncommon, and is found um, also in some of the old, um, in some of Manus's hands in some of the Manus groups that I'm going to discuss below later. Similar to other hands in the manuscript, the bow of P doesn't usually touch the descender. We see this in D, and occasionally B, and see note these in the green circles um, up there. Um, again, at odds with the general rule of the manuscript and with the appearance of this hand in general, the bow of G is always round rather than angular. Again, note this in the yellow circles on the screen. The execution of the OR monogram was also recorded by Okunhainen and reveals a planar which is straight at the bottom and frequently turns a little to the left at the end. And this you can see in the orange on, on there. So yeah, I think the yellow and orange are quite hard to distinguish on here. I hope you can see the difference. I think you can there. Tall S often proceeds, which often proceeds F, R, S, or P is also distinctive. The head was not drawn particularly high, unlike tall E, but doesn't actually touch the top of the following letter, and this is in, in the blue circles. In terms of abbreviation usage, there are some notable features. Superscript abbreviation markers are drawn further to the right than is common. For example, note the lightning stroke, which represents the syllable ER, and the superscript I, here used in abbreviations for air and tree. This is in the purple circles. Another crucial identifier of this hand, also recorded by Okunhainen, is the employment of an idiosyncratic Kenfa etcher, and this is in the white circle there, and it's very, very distinctive. In spite of these relatively consistent features in Solovo Drama's hand, there are fluctuations within the specimens attributed to him. Okonkainen described this scribe as capable of writing an elegant book hand, but normally writes a rather dull 
though very legible hand. It is possible to see on the slide that this is true of the specimens displayed here. Letter forms and other foibles of writing indicate strongly that the specimen on 249 verso be allocated to this group, yet the writing here is smaller and tidier than the other script specimens reproduced here. Similarly, the example from Sex Atates Monday has a less heavy appearance than the others, presumably caused by the use of a slightly narrower nib. However, there are a couple of places in the manuscript where fluctuations in the writing, where there are fluctuations in the writing attributed to Odorma, and they are too great to view as variations from the single scribe's habits. One of these occurs in the Treatise to Irish Prosody, written um, on 158 recto to 163 recto. The text was begun on, 100, on 158 recto in a different hand, which O'Conkainen attributed um, to Mac Shithi. Um, and then Solomon Drama is responsible for writing the remainder of the text. However, on folios 159 recto to 160 recto, it is clear to see the folio 158 hand in a few places. And I will show, I will link these two hands together in more detail later on. In the upper part of 159 recto, we can see stark paleographical differences in a couple of places, generally falling within the areas where discoloration of parchment is visible. This hand is markedly different. The appearance is far neater, and although this provides only a small script specimen, note the execution of the OR monogram, where the descender of R is completed with a slight upwards turn, in contrast to Odrama's normal straight descender, often completed with a short diagonal downwards turn. And these examples are there in the red circles. The insertions on 159 recto to 160 recto don't seem to have been made at the time of writing, but after either intentional or perhaps unintentional erasure. The discoloration of the parchment indicates this, as does the fact that the folio 158 um, scribe only wrote parts of lines and words. When scribes share the writing of text, one would expect a more clearly defined area of writing than, than we can see here. If, if, if you look at the screen there on the far left-hand side, you can see Solomon Drama's writing just right down the edge, and then there, the other scribe, um, mainly where the air of discoloration is. The second complication concerning Solomon Drama occurs in the Orokepnanagish, where manifestly Drama shared the writing of the text with another scribe. As you can see on the handouts, this occurs at 175 recto and, a, and, a hundred and, and then also on 176 recto to 177 um, verso. For example, at line 26 on column B of 176 recto, a distinct shift in the script is apparent. This change is marked by the red line in column B there. The writing above is Solomon Drama's hand below and from column killer is a different hand. The ductus of the writing is smoother. Letters were drawn together in a less awkward and more fluid fashion, creating a strong headline. 
In direct contrast um, with Oldroma and distinguishing this specimen from it, note A and Q in red, in which the head strokes rarely extend past the right hand strokes. Note too the closed bowls um, of B and D at odds with the rule in, in Oldroma's hand. And this is in the green circles there. The next scribe under scrutiny is Robert McShivy. O'Conhanan described this scribe as presenting a variety of styles, but with few clues as to exactly what these consisted of and where they were situated. An analysis of the script reveals that there were four distinct groups within the stints attributed to McShivy, two of which comprised the bulk of the writing. And again, if, if I can refer you to the handout, you'll be able to see this more clearly. I cannot be sure that the variations which I um, have, have recorded there are the same as those mentioned by Jochen Heinen. As you can see from the handout, the first group under discussion was used in a number of locations throughout the manuscript. The various stints in this group are the work of one scribe and have a number of distinguishing features. The general aspect is rather untidy and heavy looking. Here we go. As a rule, neither ascenders nor descenders are particularly long, which can give the script a slightly vertically squashed appearance. Although spikiness is a feature of Gaelic national minuscule, the script type to which all the script types, the script specimens discussed here belong, the angularity in these specimens is more acute than in others attributed to Makshidi. Note the consistently jagged top of R, this is in the red circles. The tops of A and Q also reveal this trait but often extend further than usual and for finished with a slight downward turn and it is possible to see in the green um, in the green circles. Olkun Kanan um, recorded this A as a defining feature of Makshidi's hand, although it's interesting that the form with the extra extension on A is not found in the other, other hands attributed to him. The shape of R found in monograms, usually with O, B and D, may be significant. Note the way in which the scribe tucked the first downstroke under the preceding letter to make a very defined difference between that and the second downstroke. This, these are encircled in the orange circles. We may also remark on the curvy abbreviation for, for UR, which here takes on the form of a modern day number eight laid on its side. Again, this is idiosyncratic within the manuscript as a whole. And this is in the purple, purple circles. The second group of specimens um, is also found in several locations. Again, see the handout for details. The appearance of this group is softer than the preceding. The level of angularity in many letter forms is not present here. Indeed, the differences between the specimens in these two groups indicate a distinct hand. Although the tops of A and Q in the tops of A and Q, um, we can see the scribe's tendency to extend the top stroke past the second downstroke. It is rarely to the same degree commonly found in group one just discussed. See the red circles. <coughs> Furthermore, the short downstroke occasionally recorded in group one at the end of this top stroke is not reported. Ascenders and descenders are consistently longer than those in the preceding group, measuring double minimum height. Note the large wedges, which at times are almost flag-shaped. This is in the green circles. The execution of R in monograms 
is also slightly different here than in group one, with a less exaggerated and gentler finish. And see these in the orange circles. In terms of letter forms, there are a few notable ones. The construction of F is one of the main ways of distinguishing this group, and see this in the purple circles. The descender, like that of S, tapers down and descends slightly to the left. The top stroke of the letter was drawn a little lower than the top of the wedge, which makes the space look and often actually is narrower between the two horizontal strokes, creating a slightly squashed appearance to the letter. Another um, distinctive feature is the abbreviation for AIR, um, and this is seen in the blue circles, in which the superscript I was drawn at a slight angle and often has a slight curve. Another noteworthy form is the occasional tall S preceding D. Tall S is com commonly found preceding S, P and R, but I have not found it in tandem with D elsewhere in Balamote. And this is in the yellow circles. It is to this group too that we can attach the inscription um, in the hand of um, Robert McShithy on 124 recto, which announces the completion of the text on the pedigrees of saints written in a larger minuscule than the surrounding text. The third group attributed to Makshidi bears some resemblance to group two. For example, note the abbreviation for air, which is constructed in a similar, similar way with I curved at the top and tilted to the left. This is in the red circles. Note the construction of F, which is distinguished in group two by the relatively narrow gap between both cross strokes. Again, this is in the purple. However, in spite of this, and there are other parallels too, there are some marked differences. The script here is upright, and there is no forward-leaning appearance, which we see in group two. This is particularly noticeable in the descender of R, which frequently descends down in a straight line instead of to the left, the latter being the more common form in the manuscript as a whole. See this in the orange. Furthermore, wedges in this specimen are quite different and instead of having a normal wedge shape, are often split, indicating lack of care in formation. This is blue. The R monogram was also executed in a different manner. And this is in the green circles, um, with the descender of R continuing horizontally after the bend instead of descending further, as we see in the other hands. Last but not least, we may also note the, the um, abbreviation for US, which here is commonly drawn in two parts, this is in the white. Elsewhere in the manuscript, this abbreviation is drawn in this, as a single curvy bracket. The relatively short stint on folio 158, which I briefly discussed above, contains the beginning of the Irish, the treatise on the Irish, pro, the treatise on Irish prosody, and was completed by Solorodroma. It's markedly different from the other specimens attributed to Mac Shivy. As I discussed earlier, this, um, um, this hand is also found on parts of 159 recto and 160 recto. Um, the bulk of the script has an aspect which is relatively heavy and more monumental than those of the other McShivy groups. In some part, this looks to have been caused by a thick nibbed quill. However, the effect was also created by large wedging 
on the tops of ascenders and minims. If you note this in the, in the red circles. In the case of U, this can cause the tops of both minims to touch one another. Letters were also carefully and deliberately formed. The scribe used a full range of monograms, B plus R, D plus R, O plus R plus R, and more unusually, I plus R. And, the, and some of these are seen in the green circles. The letter P is also distinctive, either angular or rounded at the top, but the bow never touching the shaft of the letter and curling into itself considerably. And this is in the orange. The lower cross stroke of F usually um, protrudes a little from the right-hand side of the descender, as you can see in the blue circles. Last of all, um, but not least, note the thin hairline additional stroke on the top of Tawley in ligature. And again, this is in the purple in circles. Um, the specimens attributed to Mona Soldiganon are the most complex of the three sigla. Ohondhainen defined this hand principally by the appearance of two kinds of open A and a split open superscript A used in an abbreviation for RA. The first group I would like to discuss displays these features. The variant forms of A are in purple circles. Note here the open form curved on the left-hand side, the other also open with tapering horns. In the yellow circles, note the abbreviation for RA, represented by a small superscript open A, which is not written as one but divided into, into two, resembling a pair of open speech mark, a pair of opening speech marks. And you can see this in the yellow. In addition to these features, note how R in the OR monogram flicks up at the ends like a tick. You can see this in the red red circles. The bracketed um, US US abbreviation, more often than not, is narrow in shape. The second curve was not started until the downward stroke hits the baseline, and this is in the green. The top of F is not especially long um, and was finished off with a very small downward stroke, creating almost a sort of hook-like top. This is in the orange. The normal round back D with a flat top is the usual form, but the occasional use of that form with tail ascending above the body is also not uncommon. And see this in the blue circles. It is possible to see from the examples on the PowerPoint that this scribe wrote in various sizes. Usually a relatively thick nib was employed creating a heavy appearance. At times, a thinner nib was used, see 247 verso. Nonetheless, the employment of their general appearance and blend of letter forms and abbreviations link these specimens. The, distinct, the second distinct group represents a short stint on the Banhenochus Erin, parts of Toggle Tree, and the bulk of the history of um, Philip and Alexander of Macedonia, which are found at the end of the manuscript. The general appearance of these specimens is one of tidiness and order, contrasting with group one. 
Furthermore, note the wider, more open letter formation. Letters were carefully and artfully constructed. However, in many other ways, the script compares well with group one. We may note the use of a closed pointed A at the top of which, um, the top of which sometimes protrudes above the headline. See these in the red, the, the A's are in the red. The scribe also employed an open curvy A. Um, open A with tapering ascenders is reserved here for superscript lettering, where it was used alongside the other conventional double apostrophe marker for the syllable RA. The distinctive abbreviation for, for RA, one of the defining features of, of um, group one in this section, is not present here. Interestingly and distinctively, alongside closed angular Q, an open co curved Q was also frequently employed. And for an example of this, see the green circle. The tail of R is either flat or turns up a little at the end um, in the OR monogram, contrasting greatly with the use of the tick-like ending of this letter in group one. See the purple circles for this. Alongside round back D with a flat back, we may also find that form in which the ascender extends above the body of the letter and bends um, to the right at the top, as we also find in group one. Ohon Kanan has already recorded that the script on 228 recto to 229 verso represents an area where Manus Odiganon lapsed, lapsed into mediocrity. The script here is far spikier than in the other specimens attributed to him. Note the tops of A, Q and R in the red circles. Wedges are also unusually shaped and extend fairly far to the left in a moderate spike. See those in the blue, in the blue circles there. This angularity may also at times be visible in the lower left-hand sections of the bowls of P, B, the abbreviation for US, the descender of G, and the tops of final minims on H, M, and N. See orange for examples of these. No open A with tapering horns is reported in this specimen. Curvy open A only occurs once. It is also noticeable that distinctive F, which we find in group one, is not present here either. However, we may note the employment of the split open superscript A as an abbreviation for RA. This is in the green circles there. Another distinctive group can be found on folios 154 verso B um, to 155 verso A30 and 155 verso B1 to 156 verso. And this um, area contains the bulk of the Barnhenochus erin. Note here the upright appearance of the writing. Descenders and ascenders are longer than the other Odiganoin groups. Although we still see angularity in some letters, the ductus of the writing is more flowing which is also reflected in the execution of some letter forms. For example, note the slight curve at the end of the OR monogram. This is in the red, in the red circles. The final vertical strokes of M, N and H 
finishing in a slight taper and sometimes descending below under the baseline, providing a soft finish to these letters. And see these in the blue circles. The bow of G is round and closed. This is in the green. In contrast with some of the other, uh, the other um, groups discussed here, the absence of the split superscript RA abbreviation and the variation and the variant forms of A and Q are also notable. The next few groups of Manus Odiganon I'm going to touch on very briefly as they represent very short script specimens and all of them are found in the toggle tree. They do not appear to be additional hands written over erasure but until these paleographical studies can be contextualised within the findings about the physical nature of the book, this would be impossible to state with certainty. In any case, they seem to be contemporary with the other principal hands, but cannot be equated, equated with any of them. So, the bulk of 230 recto belongs to group, group, one, group two, sorry, just discussed, and contains part of the toggle tree. However, um, at lines 21 to 29 of column B, a shift is apparent, and I refer you to the slide here. This hand is spikier than the surrounding text and was written in a more unruly fashion. Note the jagged tops of A and also the spiked wedge on R and see these in the red images, in the red circles there. Note too the excessively large superscript A in the abbreviation for RA. This is in the blue. This form of um, open A also seems to have been used in an idiosyncratic manner to proceed closed A in an AA ligature. Again, these are, this exa an example of this is also in, in blue. Another change of hand is also found in the toggle tree um, on 232 recto for a line and a half. Note the unusual S whose head stroke extends further than usual. This is in the purple. Note too the use of majuscule R within the minuscule script. This is in the yellow. There's no clear reason for this and it is unusual. The last alteration comes on the following page. Um, on um, 232 verso, um, column B, lines 42 to 52, where we see a distinctly odd and heavy script, square in aspect, unlike anything else found in the manuscript. Note the bizarrely wide and thin wedge on the descender of R. I hope to have shown that it's highly unlikely um, that Manus Odiganon um, wrote all of the above script specimens. The mention of this scribe's name is found written in two notes in the manuscript. The first of these is found in the lower margin of, of, of 36 recto and states that um, Magnus Odiganon is the owner of the book. However, it does little to help us attaching name and scribe, given that it seems to have been written by the principal scribe on this page, namely Robert McShithy. 
the second note which mentions Odigonon is found in the lower margin of 247 recto. This note informs the reader that um, Manos Odigonon had finished writing Toggle Tree. The end of this text lies at line 28 in column A. Um, and this is noted, um, the end of the text I've highlighted there in, with the red line. Um, and, and also it was completed in the hand which I've placed in group one of, of the, the script specimens um, attributed to OD and on. If we take a close look at the inscription on 247 recto, which I've zoomed up here, it is interesting to note that some of the features of group one are visible. For example, note round backed D with tail extending above the body. This is highlighted in yellow. Note to the distinctive F, um, whose head was finished with a small hook-like shape. This is in red. And the narrow and long abbreviation for US, which is in the green. Sadly, there are no open A's or the RA abbreviation common, to, common which we know are common to group one. But given the small script specimen here, it would be hard to draw too much from this. The presence of a few of um, um, group one's characteristic features not shared in the other groups of the manuscript makes it highly likely that this marginal annotation is in the hand um, is, is in his hand, and that group one, which I've defined, is the hand of Manus Odigonon. The differences which I've laid out here reveal a far more complicated paleography than previously thought. The variations within um, all of the established sigla indicate the presence of more hands. Solovol Droma, Droma, group one, which contains um, the bulk of, of text attributed to this scribe represents the hand um, of represents the hand of Solomon Drama. The two other groups represented here are quite clearly not in his hand. The interpolations on 159 recto to 160 recto, as I've shown, may be placed in group four um, of um, of work um, attributed to to Robert McShivy. My preliminary examinations in indicate that the hand responsible for writing sections of Orokepnanegish alongside Solomon Odroma may be placed in group one of Manus Odigonon and therefore is, is the hand of, of, of Manus Odigonon. I have shown how um, Makshidi's group two can be linked to the named scribe Robert Makshidi. Based on the paleography, I could not be confident to attach any of the other three groups to this scribe, as the differences in general appearance and form are too great. Manus Odigonon was responsible for the bulk of writing previously attributed to him. However, other scribes appear to have written and worked alongside him on a number of texts, namely the Banhenachus Erin, Togol Tree, and the History of Philip and Alexander. The work of another scribe, um, and my group three of, of, of stints previously um, attributed to Odigonon um, contributed to um, the Din Henechus, otherwise in the hand of 
Solovojorma. It is interesting to note, if I may, from the work on the collation of the manuscript presented earlier today, that this contribution on folios 228 and 229 is contained on two singletons and are not part of an established choir. Needless to say, there is still much to do in terms of linking together our understanding of the physical nature of the manuscript and getting a better picture of possible collaboration, or otherwise, between scribes. To conclude, you will note on the handout that I have um, defined the variations within Sigler as groups and have shied away from specifying hands. The reason for this is twofold. The Book of Valamote is a large manuscript, and the material presented here contains only the results of my preliminary findings. There is still more work to be done on linking up some of these groups with one another. For example, as I mentioned briefly earlier, group, um, group three in the Odroma group um, may be associated with Manus Odiganon's hand. Furthermore, some serious thought needs to be given to the naming of newly distinguished hands. Given that the current sigla are based on name scribes, the system, Solovodroma, perhaps brackets one, brackets two, etc., could be confusing, problematic, and prejudicial pre to further studies, assuming a certainty of time and place, which in reality may not exist for some hands. Thank you.